0: Hi, I'm New England Patriots running back and Super Bowl champ, James White, and you're listening to the Fantasy Football Champs podcast. Go Pats.
1: Hold your applause. None needed. We were going to get there eventually. We're here. What the hell's going on with this guy? Here? <laughs> now I don't know if he's if he's just a bit of a dick, or if it's just like a like a Dallas Cowboys thing.
0: He said, that could be taken a bunch of different ways, <laughs> like this. <laughs>
1: What is going on, everybody? Welcome into another new episode of the Fantasy Football Champs Podcast. Mark and AJ here checking in with you guys. AJ, what do you think about today's episode? Is it going to be a fun one?
0: Today should be a fun
1: episode. We're going to hit you guys
0: with a little bit of buy or sell. See if I can uh, talk this guy into liking some of my players and vice versa. It's going to be interesting.
1: Yeah, it's going to be fun. Now, going into it, we don't know the three players that we picked to try to sell to each other. Um, yeah, so not only are we going to be trying to sell it to each other, we're also going to be trying to sell these players to you guys and uh, see what you guys think. Maybe we could talk you into moving some of these ADPs up. But before we jump into that, you guys need to follow us on Twitter, at Champs underscore podcast. You guys got to make sure you follow the good old IG, the Instagram at Champs. Uh, nope, that's not it. Fantasy underscore Champs. Um, and then our Facebook community. Our Facebook community is growing every day. We're constantly getting people uh, joining up. All you got to do is go on Facebook, go to the groups tab, and search for Fantasy Football Champs Podcast. Or you can just type in Sleeper Wire and you can find us there also. So, um, yeah, if you want to talk about some news? You want to talk about these running backs that we've been talking about way too much this offseason?
0: Oh, the, uh, the two guys that still
1: don't have a contract? Well, the two guys that are still haven't showed up. I mean, at least Zeke is like in the same state now, right? That's positive, right? Uh, not necessarily.
0: Don't want to shit well, on your parade, but this is, this is Ezekiel Elliott we're talking about. Uh, Mr. Crop Top himself, though. I'm not too. Uh, I'm not too. Uh, oh, I haven't been in Dallas, so I don't think it means anything.
1: Yeah, uh, as you guys know, I am I was big on Zeke coming into the year. He was my number one running back, like, hands down, like, absolute lock for me. At this point, I'm panicking. I'm officially worried, uh, especially Jerry Jones. Now, Jerry Jones came out, and he made that stupid Zeke who comment when talking about Pollard. That, that went up Zeke's ass sideways, so that's not good. And now Jerry Jones comes out just this morning, and he goes, uh, yeah, now that we signed that defensive player, now there's a, uh, a smaller piece of the pie left for Zeke. Which, again, that is not going to go over well because Zeke is on his high horse right now. He has a lot of pride. And uh, it's just its just really not looking good for them right now. I
0: mean, what does Zeke think was going to happen, though? The Cowboys have a, they have a roster full of really good players. Really young players, they're gonna have to sign these people. Jalen Smith is a beast. They took a chance on him a couple of years ago when they drafted him, he couldn't even play. They basically stashed for a whole year, and and the guy is just an animal. So they had to sign him. Uh, I didn't at the time, too, I didn't realize they even had to sign him, to be honest. I know about Dak, Cooper, and Zeke, but of course, you gotta sign Jalen Smith too. So I, I think in the long run, Zeke is only hurting himself unless he, uh, well, he is only hurt.
1: I don't know how much longer he's going to be a Cowboy. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, I think all of us are hoping that he comes back for at least week one because it, it wouldn't be the same, I mean, watching the Cowboys. I mean, watching the Cowboys is already hard enough as it is. But at least when there's Zeke ripping off big plays, it's exciting. If there's no Zeke, it's like it's like we want Zeke. Um, unless you're going against in week one. Then you're hoping that Zeke doesn't play. But.
0: We all want Zeke back. Or if, you drafted, or if you drafted Tony Pollard late, then you really don't care Zeke suits up.
1: Yeah, but I mean, if you have both of them, if you have Zeke and Pollard, you're sitting there hoping that Zeke plays. You don't you don't want to have to play Pollard unless you have to. So, like, if you drafted Pollard and you don't have Zeke, then sure, you're like, okay, like, Zeke, fucking miss the whole season, please, but... I don't I don't see this being a Le'Veon situation. I don't think it's going to get to that extent. I think he'll be back, but I'm starting to think he might actually miss a game or two. But with, with Dallas, you never know what the fuck's going on. But that's enough about Zeke. I'm tired of Zeke. Let's talk about Gordon. Have you heard any news on Melvin Gordon? Uh, yeah,
0: he's training in Florida, and he plans on staying there until he gets the contract. So. I'm Zeke when Zeke went to Mexico there's no light at the end of the tunnel for Melvin Gordon, I feel like. Uh, I don't think... Uh, see, the major difference between the Chargers and the Cowboys is the Chargers offense is still going to roll without Melvin Gordon. They may not be as explosive, but Eckler is good. And Jones... Uh, I mean, they're both... Both the running backs they have over there is decent. And they have a ton of receivers. So... And both of these... Both these running backs, I don't think... I'm just think they realize that... Uh, Run of position, they can get replaced. So it's they need to like put their ego aside and just sign what they're offering.
1: Yeah, I mean you think that these guys would be afraid to get James Conner because Pollard is getting a lot of positive buzz, so like you don't want you don't want a capable backup to step in because then they might keep the job like James Connor did. So you think these guys would just take the best offer that they can get for now? Maybe do like an NBA style where you do like a one and one and like try again next year to get a little extra money. Maybe the team's salary cap will look different next season. But uh, yeah, no, I don't have any faith in Melvin Gordon either. They uh, reports came out yesterday saying that they're they're planning on him missing time in this. It seems like neither side is going to budge. So this one could be an ugly one. I still have more faith in Zeke than Gordon. My Zeke, I'm wavering on Zeke a little bit, but Gordon, I'm out on. Like, he's a he's a hard guy to draft right now. Like, unless you were able to get Eckler and make a point to get Eckler, then Gordon is damn near fucking undraftable. Yeah, I mean, but even if you do do that
0: and you, you take Gordon and say the third round, and then you take Eckler... sixth, seventh, eighth round. It, it's just, I feel like it's just a waste. Like, don't even bother. Like, man, I, yeah. like I like Eckler enough to draft him standalone, just by himself, and not worry about Gordon, because I think Eckler, uh, like I said, I don't think these guys are going to sign him. so I'm going to take Eckler. I think Eckler's more than good enough. He's a he's a very, very high-end flex option right now, in my opinion. So, I mean, am going to roll with him until, until Gordon signs. I mean, go for it, but I don't know. Uh, like you said, like, Melvin Gordon's a tough player to draft. Zeke, tough. Zeke's the one on the first. Gordon fell out. He's the one on the third right now, but honestly, I'm not. I'm still standing my ground, and I'm not touching either of those guys this year.
1: Yeah. Uh, another guy for all the Melvin Gordon enthusiasts out there. Don't sleep on Justin Jackson, either. Jackson looked good, and Jackson got a lot of burn in preseason. We'll see what week three can bring but real quick this now is tonight kicks off preseason week three uh i think there's four or five games on the slate i know i'm really looking to see what philly does with that backfield i want to see if miles sanders goes out there gets the first snap and how much burn he gets in relation to jordan howard as you guys know week three is like the dress rehearsal uh is there anything you're looking for that you're watching for tonight or are you just gonna sit back and enjoy it uh well our hometown Patriots are playing the Panthers,
0: so I'm going to be excited to see Brady front finally in action, and I'm going to be happy to see Cam and McCaffrey and DJ Moore in action. But at the same time, I'm going to be sweating, just hoping these guys don't get hurt, because I've invested a lot in DJ Moore and McCaffrey already this season with some of my earlier drafts. So. I'm going to be enjoying it, but I'm going to be, like, very nervous at the same time. I hope they play, on like, just, like, maybe a quarter, not even, not even quarter, I don't know.
1: Yeah, we'll see. I'm looking forward to it, though. I mean, Geis is supposed to get his first action, too, so hopefully it goes better for him uh, this preseason than last preseason. But I think that's enough time on the news. There really isn't too much going on. Just figured we'd give you guys an update on the running back situation, really. So now I think we just jump right into the buy or sell. Let's do it okay so the way that we're gonna do it is we each picked three players that we feel we are higher on than each other and we're gonna try to sell him to the other host now make sure you guys are paying close attention because these are players that are Kind of hot commodities. They're players that are definitely getting drafted. So we might be able to change some opinions today. And we might be able to sell you on a couple of these guys. So I think it's only right. I'm going to flip a coin here. Heads, you go first. Tails, I go second. And yeah, you're going first. So go ahead. Give me what you got. Who are you selling me on?
0: All right. First player, I'm going to sell you one. It it seems like he's one of those players where you either love him or hate him. Uh, And it's Derrick Henry. I've always been a Derrick Henry believer. I was, I was so annoyed when the Patriots didn't draft him on draft night when he was coming to league because he fell far and we picked him right there. And I was thinking, I was like, "Wow, we're gonna get this guy Heisman Trophy winner." I was super excited. Didn't take him. All right, so a few things about Derrick Henry. Now, obviously, in a full point PPR, he's not gonna be as high. That's understandable. A half point, I'm fine with. I do believe that he's going to be more involved in the passing game this year, and that, is, that will be a huge boost to his his uh, his uh scoring, obviously. But a couple things, though. He's in a contract year. Typically, when these players are in a contract year, they just want to ball out and get paid as much as possible. So the fact that Derrick Henry is going into a contract year, I love that. There's been reports out of Tennessee that he's – like it, for whatever reason, they had viewed him As a situational running back So, you know, the short yardage The goal line work They basically labeled that for Henry That's gone They said that he is not going to be a situational running back anymore He's going to be the workhorse So you've seen what this guy did In his last four weeks of the season Last year The last four games He had 585 rushing yards Seven touchdowns That's 7.2 yards a carry That's not just – I obviously had the one big game in Jacksonville, yeah, but this is four games they're talking about. This isn't just one. Seven yards a carry the last four weeks of the season and seven touchdowns. That's pretty damn good. He outscored all backs by at least – by 17 total points. He was the number one back by 17 points the last four games of the season. Uh, The last two years, he's been top three in in yards after contact, which – Shouldn't surprise anybody because he's an absolute train on the field. So you combine those things and just having that four-game sample size of him being the workhorse. Now say he's going to come into the league as the workhorse. This guy, this guy's going to put up insane numbers. Like the touchdown totals that he could have this year are like mind-blowing. So I, I'm, I'm super high in Derrick Henry. I'm not saying I'm going to. Really draft him higher than his ADP because I feel his ADP is accurate. He's going in like the you know the third, third round, fourth round. So I like where he's going, I, but I, I do think it's a lot of value for a fourth round pick potentially.
1: Uh, uh, I mean, I hear what you're saying, but I do have some concerns about Henry. So I I'm I I'm not gonna buy it. Only because the hamstring. Now, like you said, he is one fucking huge guy. He's a monster. So a soft tissue injury on a big guy like that who is being planned to be utilized as a workhorse. I just see like when you got that much power in his running style. I just feel like the hamstring has a super high chance to flare up again. And if it does, then I can see them turning their back on the workhorse thing and go back to okay let's try to use him situationally because we need to keep this guy healthy because Deion Lewis can't punch it in from around the goal line. So I can just see I see the potential. I see he has a stupid high ceiling. If Tennessee can work him into the passing game, then that obviously brings him to like another level because he's he's a freak. But I just, I'm so concerned about the hamstring. And it's not a random thing. It's because he already had it. Like, he's back practicing now. Let me jump in. Let me jump in real quick. All right. So, one,
0: his hamstring isn't injured. It's his calf. And two, he came back to practice on Tuesday. He's been practicing a week. He's back. He's healthy.
1: Uh, he's- uh, I don't know. The, the the calf and, and hamstring they're they're both connected. Okay, similar. Yeah, but still, I mean, even even the calf, you don't see a scenario where he could easily tweak the soft tissue injury again. Yeah, if I hear you say soft tissue, one more time,
0: I'm gonna come yeah. over there. Uh, listen, uh I'm, you, I'm I'm
1: telling you, his. You can sell Henry.
0: You can sell Henry. And I'll
1: buy. It. All right, that, that's that's fair. We'll agree to disagree on that one. He's he just the the injury worries me, and with how much they're planning on using him, I can see a reoccurrence. That's all I'm saying. So, like you said, with his ADP, it's not that I'm out on Derrick uh, Derrick Henry the guy. It's it's the ADP that worries me. Like in the third round, I'd much rather have that group of like uh, of the Marlon Max, the Leonard Fournette, guys like that. I prefer guys like that over Henry. Plus, Tennessee is not going to be a very good offense anyway. And he could be pretty game script dependent where they want to like hold the lead and bleed the clock. I don't know how often they're going to be playing with the lead. Let's move on. Though. Let's not spend too much time on your first guy. My first guy I'm going to sell you on is I'm going to sell you on Tevin Coleman. Now, Tevin Coleman is currently being drafted in the fifth round. He's going at the 5-1, right at the beginning of it. And one of the key things that I feel like people are forgetting, I feel like there's two things that people are making mistakes on. The first one is that they're forgetting how talented and well-rounded a running back Tevin Coleman is because he arguably had a down year last year. That's the first thing people are, are uh, thinking. Second thing is they're all assuming that this 49ers backfield is like a total orgy and they have way too many people. That's not necessarily true either. Now, Jarek McKinnon hurt his knee again. And they're already saying he's going to start the year on IR. That is huge for Tevin Coleman, because that takes arguably probably the second most talented running back off the field. So now you're looking at McKinnon and Breda Now, Breda did have a good year last year, but I was a Breda owner. Any of you Breda owners out there knows that if you're watching the play-by-play or if you're watching the game, every time Breda takes a big shot, you're worried he's not going to get up because the dude was constantly being carried to the sidelines are hobbling off to the sidelines. And I'll give it to him. The guy was an Iron Man. He seemingly always came back. But he got that shit kicked out of him. He can't handle a full workload. Now, Tevin Coleman, last year in his quote-unquote disappointing year, he had 1,075 total yards and nine touchdowns. He finished as the RB 16 in a disappointing year. Not only did he have, oh, and out of the basically 1,100 yards, he had 32 catches, for 275 yards and five touchdowns through the air he's a proven pass catcher and with the way that the 49ers weapons are looking right now you got marquise goodwin and dante pettis as the wide receiver one and two potentially and a handful of rookies and none of them are showing out in camp none of them it's looking like their offense is going to be george kittle as the number one option and then Take your pick of mediocre receiver. And then Tevin Coleman is a great receiver too. So I think Garoppolo is going to do a lot of checking down this year when he doesn't have Kittle because he doesn't trust his wide receivers to get separation. So I think that is going to be a big uptick for Coleman. And when Coleman was in Atlanta, he he was drafted by Atlanta to be the guy. Now he ended up breaking his ribs his rookie season. And Devontae Freeman was the backup. Then Freeman came in and he absolutely blew up. Then Freeman just never let go of the job. And he took full advantage of the fact that Coleman was hurt. But Coleman's so good that when he was healthy, they went right back to basically splitting touches because Atlanta never gave up on him. So Atlanta was a believer. And now he has his chance to finally flourish in a 49ers offense. Tevin Coleman is a proven top 20 running back. The door is open for him right now. All signs are looking like this could be the year he could finally take advantage of it. And uh, yeah. And he, and not to mention last but not least, he's re, he's reunited with, uh, with Shanahan Shanahan helped him produce his best fantasy season of his career. So all signs are looking really good for Coleman. And right now you can get him as your, as a easy RB two. But right now I think he's a perfect flex play and I can see his ADP moving up. And, In his first preseason debut with the 49ers, Groppolo looked like shit. I mean he went over six with an interception, a passer rating of fucking 0.0. So the offense got off the field a lot and in a hurry. But Tevin Coleman looked great. It's his first run, he cut it right up the gut for like 12 yards, and he looked fantastic. So I I'm buying Tevin Coleman. What say you?
0: Uh this is tricky because I mean, if you're trying to sell Coleman to me as a flex, I might buy. But an RB2, I'm selling 100%. Uh, I was surprised it took you so long to get to the, the fact that Shanahan is the head coach over there. And Shanahan is the guy that brought him into the league in Atlanta. That is key for this. That's the only reason why I think Coleman may get more carries and more touches than the other running backs there. But again... Like I've been saying, that it's just I. I think San Francisco's offense is going to be putrid. I think they're going to be terrible. Jimmy looks rusty. Obviously, him he missed, he missed all that time. He's rusty. Maybe his ego's getting in the way a little bit. You know, he's the he's the guy now, not no longer behind Brady. So he needs some work. The offensive line needs some work. I mean, the only sure thing they have in that entire roster is Kittle and that's why Kittle was so strong last year because typically with these quarterbacks that are struggling or new quarterbacks they're gonna rely heavily on the tight end as it goes back to day one in the NFL so I mean Kittle will have a good year but I just I'm not convinced that I want any player on that roster Coleman does have upside but, again, like I like you mentioned and like I've been saying, it's too much of a committee. I know McKinnon's hurt right now, but when he comes back, he's going to have a role. I love Matt Breda, but I'm not even touching Breda this year because there's so many running backs over there. You got the other guy, too. That's pretty good. What's his name? Morzar or whatever the hell his name is. Yeah. I'm, I'm blanking on his name. He played well last year, too. So he's still there. It's just It's just too crowded for me. But in closing, for my answer – I'm selling as him being an RB2, but I'll buy as him flex. Fair enough. Alright, so the next guy I'm going to talk about is... it. it it's a similar situation to Derrick Henry. He didn't really get his big shot until the back half of the season, but when he did, he opened up some eyes. So my, my next guy is DJ Moore So DJ Moore he, he was a rookie last year He was the first wide receiver Off the board in the draft um, He's extremely explosive He's extremely athletic He's a burner He's got decent hands um, But he I mean he played all 16 games last year He wasn't involved heavily In the offense until week 8 Week 8 from week eight on, he was on the field for fifty percent of the snaps. So it took him half the season to really, really start—you know—making a name for himself. But uh, he only had eighty-two targets last year, which he turned into fifty-five catches, just under eight hundred yards, and two touchdowns. So barely playing half the season, he—he was creeping up on a thousand yards uh, receiving. Almost 200 yards rushing, which is which is nice too. Um, so yeah, like I was saying, from week eight on, he played more than 50 percent of the snaps, and from that point on, he was a top-two receiver. And a stat that nobody really thinks about or knows about DJ Moore is that he led the league in yards after catch. So this guy is so explosive. He's got all the moves. He's fast. He's shifty. Like, he, like I've, I've compared him to Percy Harvin in the past. Like, Percy Harvin, before all the headaches and the injury issues, like, Percy Harvin was a monster. He he was a, he was a fantasy football beast. This guy did everything. Returning kicks, taking screens, you know, 70 yards, like, just burning people down the sideline. It, he he was so good for the Vikings. I think D.J. Moore's going to be the same thing for the Panthers. He's very versatile. He lines up everywhere. He's their clear-cut number one. I know there's a lot of talk. You know, Curtis Samuel, he's good. Curtis Samuel's not number one receiver. He's definitely number two. He's not. Curtis Samuel's going to be the number one. Let's, let's think about this. D.J. Moore has a healthy Cam Newton, and there's no Devin Funches. So, Funches last year had 79 targets in that Carolina offense. 79 targets and four touchdowns. So... Those 79 targets, uh, pretty much might as well say 80 targets. And those four touchdowns are up for grabs. And Cam Newton is healthy. And they're saying his deep ball looks great. I'm I'm all in on D.J. Moore. D.J. Moore is like one of my favorite receivers to draft this year. I'm not saying he should be. He's obviously not a wide receiver one in fantasy. But I've said it before. I'll say it again. He is a wide receiver two. I'll take him. I have him pretty much in all my leagues as of right now. I'm all in on you Moore. Are you buying? Or are you selling?
1: I can't believe I'm gonna say this, but I'm buying. Hey, whoa! One of the reasons why I'm buying, though, is his ADP. Now he's been he's been steadily dropping, and now he's currently being drafted in the sixth round. Now, before, probably like a month ago. Remember, these were, these were the two guys that we were going back and forth on. You were a DJ Moore guy. I was a Chris Godwin guy. They've both been going. They've both been moving, but in different directions. Godwin has jumped up so fucking high into like like the mid to beginning fourth round. And now Moore dropped down to the sixth. Moore with the healthy Cam Newton, like you said. It uh, it could be really good. Now, I do like Curtis Sanders a lot. But I just think that that should help DJ Moore out because maybe they won't be able to stack. Uh, they won't be able to help with the safety with DJ Moore as much if they're worried about Curtis Samuels burning them down the sideline. So I actually like DJ Moore, but his price is definitely plays a factor in why I'm buying. I think in the sixth round, that's a really good value. Now, if he was being drafted where Godwin is being drafted in the fourth that's sell, sell, sell. I, I can't sell fast enough. But the fact that he dropped into the sixth round right now, I can buy that.
0: Okay. All right. I like it. What you got for me now?
1: Okay. So my next player, I'm not necessarily selling him to you because I know that you, you're already buying. But this is for the fantasy folks at home and all across the world that play. You have to give my man a shot. I know everyone's giving him lots of shots and he's always pretty much let you down. But I think you should give him another shot. And that's Josh Gordon. Now, I'm going to tell you why you guys should be buying Flash Gordon right now. But funny enough, as I started doing research, Gordon was being drafted in the 10th round, going at the 10-6. At the time we're recording this podcast, he's already shot up to the 8-10. So some of you guys out there, are all in some of you guys are buying but there's a lot of selling so we all know Josh Gordon comes with a lot of risk I don't even need to say that he played 16 games one year of his career and it was his rookie season that's not a good look when he came when he came to New England initially last season the pages worked him in very slowly because he was nursing a hamstring issue his snap percentage was very low for the first few weeks He finished the year with 737 yards and four touchdowns in 12 games. Now, this is an eye-popping stat. He averages 11 yards per catch last season, which was the second best in the NFL, only to Deshaun Jackson. Josh Gordon was also Tom Brady's go-to guy in games when Gronk missed. And we all know Gronk isn't there this year. So Gordon should be able to come in week one and be a big contributing factor on a consistent basis. Not to overlook not to overlook this, but Tom Brady trusts him. Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time. Tom Brady was was eleven for fifteen throwing to Gordon on slant routes, and he was eight for nine throwing to Gordon in routes. If we were confident Josh Gordon is going to play a sixteen game year, where do you think he'd be drafted, AJ?
0: Uh, I mean, if he was guaranteed sixteen, he'd probably be going in like the he could be going as high as, like, the fourth, fifth. I would I would take him over Godwin. I would tell you that. So if Godwin's going in the fourth, you got to say Gordon's up there.
1: Yeah, I, I projected that if we knew he was going to play 16 games with Tom Brady, he'd be going in the third, fourth round. You can't argue with his skill set and his talent. And there's a reason why the Patriots are still on him. The, pa- the Pats are notorious for letting players go. You want more money? You're gone. You do anything wrong, you're cut. They didn't do that with Josh Gordon when he got suspended. They gave him a contract to put it on the board, and then they put a tenure on it where if he, if another team wanted him and signed him, we had to get a draft pick back in return. Like we wanted Gordon to come back. You don't see that often with the Patriots organization. And as we say over here in New England, "In Bill, we trust." So when you're on the clock and you're trying to decide between a, uh, when you're trying to uh, decide between Galladay. And those receivers in that group, think about Josh Gordon for a second and ask yourself one question. Do you feel lucky? Do you? What do you think? I know you're buying, but do you think that the people out there should be willing to take a risk on Josh Gordon with his ADP of the eighth round right now?
0: Uh yeah. Well, like you said, obviously I'm buying. Uh if you're if you're a fan if you're a smart fantasy player. Uh, you're gonna take a risk because taking Josh Gordon in the eighth round is not much of a risk. like who are you really taking in the eighth round? this guy this guy truly has wide receiver fantasy wide receiver one potential. like he's been that good. This guy led the league in receiving yards, missing three games with the Cleveland Browns. I don't even know who the quarterback was. like it, it was I think they had like three different quarterbacks that year. The guy still had like 1,600 receiving yards and missed three games. Like, and, and another thing too is he's such a good He's a great football player. We've had so many good wide receivers come to New England and they didn't work out because they couldn't get our playbook. So Josh Gordon's a good football player. He has our playbook down. Like the, the guy just has off the field issues. If I mean, you've got to think at some point in time, He's gonna smart up, and I, I really do feel like it. I'm, I'm really, I'm just rooting for him. I, I hope he can keep his head on straight. Um, not to make it less of a situation or, or say it's not, you know, an issue, but there was reports that the league is gonna start to come down a little bit on marijuana charges because it's starting to get legalized all over the country and all this. So, I mean, I'm not saying, yeah, hey, yeah, guys, let's go, you know let's go smoke off the like no but the league is starting to come down a little bit on that so if you think about it that's all of his issues so i mean if they're gonna start just giving you a little slap on the wrist i mean and it's a stupid thing to say because honestly i would rather have him just completely get over that stupid shit and just stay on the field but um yeah i mean to to answer the question you have to take a risk on this guy I basically plan on taking him in the seventh round. Like, all the mocks I've been doing lately, like, I'm thinking the seventh, eighth round, if he's there, you got to take him. And uh, he's a perfect wide receiver two for your team. He's a wide receiver three for your team with the potential, like, his ceiling is really, really high. His floor, though, is very low. So it's it's, it's tricky, but I'm buying
1: it. Like I said... You gotta put your nuts on the table. You gotta you gotta put on your big boy pants. You gotta make a play. You gotta take a shot. And who better to take a shot on than somebody with the talent and on a Super Bowl winning offense than Josh Gordon? All right, who do you got for me? Who's your last player? All right, my my last player is
0: on a new team this year, which just so happens to be extremely run heavy. Uh, Mark Ingram. Now, typically when you have a good running back on a team that it looks like they could struggle to pass the ball, you could just be like, oh, they're going to stack the box and this and that. If teams stack the box against this offense, they're going to be hurting. Two reasons. Lamar Jackson. Right, Lamar Jackson and Lamar Jackson's arm. This guy has shown the ability to pass the ball in preseason, which is scary for the league. He's been making some good passes. I've been watching. So what they're going to do with Mark Ingram is finally Mark Ingram is going to be the go-to running back. Obviously, he he was, a, like I said with Derrick Henry, he was a situational running back when he was in New Orleans between him and Kamara. So uh, even as a situational running back, when Mark Ingram was in New Orleans, he would get touchdowns. This guy scores he scores in the red zone. He's like a perfect – he's a perfect goal back. But now, with the bigger role, and you know that this Ravens offense is going to do a lot of run play option, who are you going to stop? Are you going to go after Lamar Jackson, who's like the next Michael Vick, or are you going to go after Mark Ingram? It, he's going to be he, – he landed in the perfect spot, basically. Um, but just a couple of things about Ingram, though. The last six years, he's averaged 4.7 yards per carry and 2.1 yards after contact. That ranks first and second in the last 6 years. Right. So this guy is a great running back. We just haven't really seen him as workhorse. Uh, not saying he's going to be a 100% workhorse in Baltimore cuz they do have other running backs, but let's be let's be honest. He is the best running back on that roster by quite a bit. Uh, he's extremely efficient in goal line work. Like I said, the guy gets a ton of touchdowns. Uh, and he should get a ton of carries in this offense. Uh, there was a report. Jim Harbaugh said something that stuck with me. He said it maybe a few weeks ago. And uh, he basically just came out and was like, listen, this offense that we're about to run, it's something special. He's like, this is something that the league is going to be talking about. We're going to change the league this year. They're going to be doing something down in Baltimore that, I, mean, I don't know, it's going to be a lot of running. But they have the pieces to make it work. So, I mean, like I said, it's going to be very run heavy. Uh, Lamar Jackson's improvement in the passing game is going to make Mark Ingram extremely efficient. And where his ADP is going, yeah, like, yeah, I love it. I'm basically selling him to you as an RB2, but mainly a flex. Kind of like a Tevin Coleman. I I, I think Ingram is... If you can get him as a flex, that's ridiculous RB2, still happy with it You could do better, but he is an RB2 flex And I I think his ceiling is going to be really high this year
1: Okay, so first off, I'm selling And I'm going to tell you why his, his ADP, he's still being drafted where he was being drafted when he was in New Orleans. Now, I think just about everybody with a select few of Baltimore fans would agree that New Orleans offense is probably better than the Baltimore Ravens offense. So, New Orleans had a lot more scoring capability than what the Baltimore Ravens are going to have. And another thing, another knock on Ingram is that uh, Jackson – He's get, he loves calling his own number. He he set the NFL record for the most rushing attempts by a quarterback. And he didn't even start the season. So I'm just worried that Ingram is going to get vultured on some touchdowns by his own quarterback. And I agree, Ingram, the volume will be there. But there is talks out of camp that right now, Ingram isn't the passing down guy. Right now, they have him down as the, as the first and second down back. They don't have him penciled in for a workhorse yet. Now, if they do, and they because he can catch the ball, it's not as good as you'd think, but he's he can do it. If uh, if they do try to utilize him that way, and he could be a, a three-down back over there, I think he'll be. I think he'll be a fine flex. But I just wish that his ADP was lower because, like I said, he's being drafted like he was when he was in New Orleans. In New Orleans, it was he was an absolute perfect fit and a perfect chaser to Kamara. Like, those two guys were fantastic. You can't stop both of them. He's definitely the 10 most talented back on his team. No doubt about it. It's just, like I said, the Baltimore's not going to be scoring nearly as many touchdowns as New Orleans was. And Lamar. I'm afraid that Lamar Jackson's going to be He's gonna run it so much that it's gonna hurt Ingram on some games, and there's gonna be some weeks where Ingram really disappoints you. I feel so. If his ADP was going and maybe like the like the mid to late fifth, I I'd be I'd buy it. But at the beginning of the fourth, I just think that you could get a, a better, safer option. All right, I hear you. Okay, so my last guy. AJ, I'm about to try to sell you on a fucking 32-year-old player who tore his Achilles eight months ago. Am I going to be able to do it? Am I going to be able to sell you on this? (laughs) Uh, Well, you know, after a good (laughs) start. Okay, so I'm going to give it my best. Emmanuel Sanders is currently being drafted at the 10-4. Middle of the 10th round. And, oh boy, Emmanuel Sanders looked Fantastic in his preseason debut. Now, I, I'm trying not to overreact to one preseason game. I'm really not trying to. But he tore his, he tore his ACL just eight months ago. But when he really started getting my attention, attention was when reports came out of camp that he looked fast. He looked like the clear-cut uh, wide receiver one. And the guy was fucking dunking over the field goal post when he'd make a big play. That shows me that he's not afraid of, he's not, the Achilles isn't even in his mind. He has no mental, no mental hurdles he has to try to get over. And just watching him fly all over the field with his new quarterback, Joe Flacco, slinging the rock, he, he looked like a 22-year-old kid out there who had the time of his life in a preseason game. He was making great catches. He was making defenders miss. With nasty juke moves and shit, he like you'd never guess that he was thirty-two years old, coming off an injury. Now his stat line might not have looked the greatest, but he did have a thirty-yard bomb called back because of an offensive holding call. But he caught that ball deep. He was fired up, playing to the crowd. He, he just, oh man, he just looks so good and fast right now. Now last year. The last year the Broncos kind of sucked. Like the feel good, they had the feel good story with Philip Lindsay and shit. I get that, but Sanders played twelve games. He had eight hundred sixty eight yards and four touchdowns with a trash quarterback in twelve games. That's not that bad. If he can play sixteen games, as Joe Flacco is number one, we know Flacco loves to throw it deep. And if Sanders has the explosiveness that he showed in preseason then he, he could have a nice little year. Now, I'm not trying to tell you he's going to be a wide receiver one or two. I'm saying I think he is a fantastic wide receiver three with wide receiver two upside. Now, let's see what he looks like in preseason week three. I mean, we don't know. Maybe, maybe the Achilles tendon is a little sore after that. Like, we don't know. He has the adrenaline pumping, so sometimes you don't know. But if he has no setbacks and he can do it again at preseason week three, then... Emmanuel Sanders is a guy who's going to have to move up. You can get him almost for free right now in the middle of the 10th round. I think his ADP is about to skyrocket up after how good he looks. What do you think? Are you buying? Are you selling?
0: Uh, I'm going to sell on this one. I I do like Emmanuel Sanders, but uh, I don't like him enough to where I'm going to seek him out and draft him, even for a bench spot. Uh, like you said, like you said off, he's he's 32. He's coming off an Achilles. That's like the worst injury to have at that age. So he may be feeling okay now, but he's. I mean, the preseason highlights were good. He played. He played well. He was excited. He got the adrenaline going. It was first first action. But at the end of the day, it's still it's Joe Flacco throwing the ball. Uh, there are. Uh, That defense – I mean, that offense is just – I think they're going to be a little bit more run-heavy. And I like Cortland Sutton better than uh, Sanders. So, I think he's going to take a lot of the targets away. I think he's going to get a lot of the red zone looks. So, I think Sanders will have an okay season. I don't think it's going to – I don't think he's really going to help your fantasy team out, though. So, Romano Sanders, I am going to sell.
1: All right. Well, I mean, I knew it was going to be a, a tough task to sell you, like I said, on a 32 year old fucking wide receiver his Achilles less than a year ago. But I think I made a pretty good argument. With that being said, that's going to do it for today's episode. Make sure you guys reach out to us. Let us know if we sold you on any of these players. Uh, Your three, you had Henry Ingram and uh, more. My three, I had Josh Gordon, Emmanuel Sanders, and uh, Tevin Coleman. So if, we, if, if you guys are buying or selling any of our arguments, make sure you guys reach out to us. Let us know on Twitter, Instagram, and the Facebook community. Uh, is there anything you want to say before we sign off?
0: Uh, well, just a reminder to, the, to my league, the listener league, the $20 one, the draft is this upcoming Sunday, just a few days away, At 7 p.m. Eastern. I know I I put a message up there last night. A lot of you guys responded. Uh, Everybody's ready to go. But just a reminder, 7 o'clock Eastern Sunday. Let's go.
1: Yeah, that's going to be a good one. Good luck to everybody drafting in that league. And for my listener league, the uh, the FFC 50, uh, we, we drafted last weekend. So for all of you guys... Let's just sit back this week and fucking pray to the fantasy gods that none of our players get seriously hurt tonight. And, yeah, so we will catch you guys next time. Good luck drafting over this upcoming weekend, and we are out.